You're listening to a Destiny Park Media Podcast. Shut the door, have a seat. It's time for Dad Men, coming to you from Minneapolis. Uh, I'm Dad Men number one, Michael Rowland. And I am Mike Jala, Dad Men number two. What's going on, guys? How are you doing, Mike? Uh, it's been a been a wild day. We were we were chatting about it uh, a little bit before the record. Um, yeah. Basically, all of our magic machines uh, <laughs> are being temperamental and failing us, but. Um, so to speak, Don, so to speak. <laughs> over magic machines. Um, you know, today's episode actually has one of my uh, my favorite Don lines as well. Yes. It's, it's it's not like a uh, unironic, or it's it's an unironic favorite. Like, I genuinely love this line in terms of a Don classic line from him. But um, I, I, well, We're going to need you to say it, too, in, in the Don. Uh, I will. You knew, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will. I, it's the only Don impression I have, but it's the one line as I could say pretty good um but i'm i'm gearing up where we i should say we're gearing up uh for the launch of dad men right now if the people listening at home uh or in their cars want a time frame uh this is the days leading up to the launch of this podcast and we're just dotting some t's crossing some i's uh trucking along signing our souls to satan you know all the we will we will be a part of the illuminati after this is done Oh yeah, like in Doctor Strange too. Oh yeah, yeah, with the third eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that team of idiots that uh, fought Doctor Strange in the alternate Earth—that that was the Illuminati. That was, that was. I, you know, I. Um, we do we ever talk about that? We both saw that movie. We, I think so. I think you brought it up, and then I shat on it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm actually starting to recall. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you you blocked it out because you're like, oh, this guy's such a dick. Yeah. No, the the movie the movie was a very I mean the best I can give it is a, is a is a C is a uh, yeah, it's a is a C honestly. I, I didn't think it was like it was very average. I, I thought that they had some interesting elements, but you know, not to get back into that conversation again. But um yeah, we'll Dr. save Strange that reference. Yeah. We'll we'll <laughs> save that for uh couples counseling. There you go. You know, next to each other, thigh to thigh. I don't know why he hates this movie so much. I had such a good time. Uh, no, but uh, all kidding aside, um, it's been a lot of a lot of hard work, but it's also been incredibly fun. And uh, you know, we we just found out that uh, ITPNT and DM are going to share the same feed. So you know, sometimes yeah, you a roommate, get a double dose. Yeah, you get a double dose. Sometimes a roommate uh, helps you stay on track in life and it helps you, uh, be a better person. You know, I guess you could say the ultimate roommate, uh, uh, partner, you know, a loving partner helps you be better. if It's a good partnership. The, the OG, the OG is going to be alongside (laughs) the, the new baby, the new baby boy, (laughs) dadman podcast. So that'll be fun. I do want to say, uh, before we get into it, um, I, uh, I was able to take a drive in my car for the first time in a few weeks. Um, car's been fine. I've just been unmotivated. Um, and I work from home. So I, I was able to drive to, it's like a 30 minute drive to get to my mm-hmm. favorite record store. And I went there, I went to holiday because I know they have uh, an exclusive Mountain Dew flavor folks. 
I'm a man who loves his exclusive soda. I think we've mentioned that on the pod before, but um, let me tell if you. If you haven't, you got you got you got to you have to reintroduce yourself. You know, what I mean? yes, as uh, the special soda soda man. <laughs> Relist. Okay, yeah, I'm the special soda. Well, is there a man? I, mean, I don't know. Is there a Mad Men character that uh, likes soda a lot? Uh, let's just give it to Pete. Okay. Especially especially in this episode. <laughs> okay. Fair point. Fair point. Um, yeah, he's a little soda boy in this episode for sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what I mean, but uh, just folks, it's it's important that's a good to new slang, yo. That's, that's <laughs> soda boy. I'm sure soda I am boy. sure it's been used already. The kids on Urban Dictionary are fast. But um, I do I do want to say that in this world, uh, this may be too modern in this 60s based TV show podcast. But uh, in this world where like sometimes I can just sit on my phone and doom scroll and just be like, oh, this aspect of life is getting worse. And this aspect of life is getting worse. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Monkey pox, uh, hepatitis, the Rona. <laughs> the return of the, the Rona, the famous Rona. It never went away. Uh, right. You know, uh, it, it's easy to get locked in the death spiral, an information death spiral, I'd call it. But oh, yeah. um, all right, uh, <laughs> enough said about that. Uh, we got a great, great episode of Madman, or do we, to discuss? Mm. Um, Jala, I believe yes. it's your turn for the thirty-second uh, summary. Yes, 30-second breakdown of episode number seven. Let's do it, man. Titled Red in the Face. I say let's do it. Yeah, man. Give me the clock, and um, I'll try to go and uh, give it my my, uh, best shot. All right. I'm going to give you a countdown from three, and then you're going to go off at the races. Sounds good. Okay. Three, two, one. So, Don is inquiring about betty and her therapy uh he hears that she they are dealing with a child mentally uh on the heels of that uh sterling invites himself over to dinner um sterling steps over the line with betty don notices and has plans for sterling uh later we see pete and he's trying to return a chip and dip Get a gun instead. And... Right time. <laughs> I was. I was almost. I was almost there. I was gonna turn the corner. Yeah. I'm sorry. You were at like 32 seconds, but there was a pause when I when I hit zero. So. No, you're good. You're good. I try to make. I try to make it across that finish line. I think you the last so piece. The last piece was the long con of Don. <laughs> Very good. At the end. At the end of the episode. Yeah, um, but yeah, well, we can we can definitely get into get into all that. Um, well, let's let's hop on the carousel without further ado. Let's do it, man. Nostalgia. It's delicate, but potent. Sweetheart. So, um, sorry to jump in, but I think I want to hear your carousel first this time. Really, I'd love to hear what you think about this episode, and if you remember any pieces of it from from the past. To be honest, <laughs> I, I, just I actually about remember. <laughs> I'm just, just gonna lead. Excited. I'm gonna lead, lead you to the quote. No, you know, you know, you know. Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you go 
I I have a vis- I have a visual memory of this episode. Okay, uh, one 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 specific one. But okay, uh, yeah, we how'd can. You feel? So this is one of my most memorable episodes of uh, of Mad Men for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say this is the first one that like. You know, I remember little scenes like I remember Don coming home in the pilot. I remember Pete and Peggy in the pilot. I remember um, the scene with Betty and and Glenn and him asking for her hair. You know, there's all sorts of things you remember little scenes. So I'm not trying to say the show's not memorable, but yeah, I think this is the most memorable episode from my first watch through. I think just everything about it just works. Um, Yeah. Beautifully shot. Yeah. you know, it was directed and written by two people who I don't recall being on my, you know, fantasy draft. You know, if you want to talk about your favorite writers that you see all the time. Uh, right, right. And the episode's called Red in the Face. It's episode seven, <clears throat> season one. And it was written by um, Bridget Bedard. And it was directed by, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Tim Hunter. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's because I just pronounced her Bridget Bedard probably wrong. Um, so, I actually so, like the way you pronounce it. I I hope that that's actually how she says her last name. Bridget, write us, write in, uh, write in to us at uh, dadmenpodcast at gmail Please, yeah, we we would love to hear from you. Jinx, buy me a Dr Pepper Berry. <laughs> I hope you already did. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes. Well, anyway, enough inside baseball. They don't need to know that you bought me a soda. Um, I could use it right now. Uh, but uh, no, I, I just think this is a very fun episode of Mad Men, as weird as that sounds. I think that mm-hmm. there's some like sadness and uh, despair going on in the background, but mostly yeah. I think the, the acting and energy uh, of the episode just makes it a fun one to watch. And it's very youthful. And there's like elements of classic sitcomery, like when yeah. Don when Don talks to Hollis and uh he he's he hands him some money and we basically see that he is scheming to completely embarrass Roger, you know? Like so Roger hitting on Betty, I remember that scene too, because that's shot in a really interesting way. It, like it feels really tense on um, the fact that they're getting that he is like so on top of her right when his employee is in the garage and so close, you know, it's just such yeah. a, it's a bad act. And to Roger's credit, he does try to apologize, but in a very like quote charming way where he, he, he does it in the classic dressed up as in a Roger story and like, uh, he he tells a funny story. He uh, makes analogies, this and that. Um, but it's, it doesn't come across as very sincere. You know, right. it's more like we're still buddies, right? And uh, Don sees that, you know, and he's not comfortable with the uh, the situation, the awkwardness of it all. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Don's discomfort leads him to do stuff, which we're going to talk about in the relationship nook for sure. Ooh, good, uh, good. good. And so, but in terms of how I remember this episode, um, I remember it being great watching it yesterday. It's still great. Uh, the acting is just top shelf character development for everyone is really good. Uh, Peggy, 
you know, Mad Men is such an interesting show where it has these mini subplot episodes where a character doesn't get a whole plot, but they just have these little moments. And uh, I love Peggy in this episode, what little she gets. I love my friend Pete. Um, this is where <laughs> Awkward Pete really starts to come out of his shell. And um, and Don, he's, Don pisses me off in this episode maybe more than almost any other episode. Um, but yeah, man, um, I had a lot of fun watching this and I would give this four and a half, uh, man. I like that. Yeah. I had a blast. Very nice. How about you? Very nice, buddy. So for me, um, this is a fun episode, but counter to you, it shows some of my least favorite traits of some of the characters in the show. Um, when I was watching this, let me go back a little bit though. Um, the scene that I remember from this episode, like you're like we were talking about scenes that usually come up that are very um, uh, memorable. The 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 scene that pops out in my head for this episode is Sterling coming. This is the last scene of the episode. Sterling coming up from the stairs, face is super white. Yeah, and. He shakes hands and then he just pukes like right in front of uh, everybody. And the disgusting part is that that was probably like one of the realest looking pukes scenes that I've seen. Just the way he acted it out. So disgusting. Like it was very real. Like, I don't know. I don't know if anybody understands that, but like. The, it, it, people puke in shows or in movies and things like that. Sometimes people like overplay it a little bit and do a lot, a lot with it. And you, you know, you, you clearly it's like, oh, okay, he's got he's trying to sh- trying to um, exaggerate the 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 fact that he's puking. Or sometimes you get like a very subtle and quiet puke, which <clears throat> definitely happens too. But this one, the way he just kind of like I don't want to get into detail, but the basically the way that he does it in this episode. I, it, uh, it, it really stayed with me, and I was like, "Oh, that was that was like too real." <laughs> yeah, almost as if he actually puked. Like it made me wonder a little bit. I was like, "Did he?" Like that was really weird. But anyway, so that scene really stood out to me. Um, and I actually misremembered a scene, which I don't. I know you liked Pete and Peggy in this episode. I I, st- I still am not a fan of like their thing, especially like that they they. They kind of go back and forth with each other a lot. And um, Peggy's so... She's so into Pete's um, facade of, like, the man vibrato that he tries to... I don't know if he's even trying to put it on when he's talking to Peggy. I think he's just kind of, like, in his own zone. And he kind of spirals into this very, like, manly, masculine talk about um, hunting and wanting to, like hunt a deer and lift it over his shoulder and like cook it and like and watch watches his wife watches him eat it and like Peggy's like totally getting off on the fact that he's just like describing this like gorgeous scene of like Pete being like a man's man and like wiping the knife off of on his on his uh, on his leg and um so that scene I'm always like I, I, I really like the way that um the the actor played that role because like He's really in his own, like, imaginary world while he's describing this. And, like, almost as Peggy's almost there as, like, a side effect of the whole thing. Like, and then mm. he's like, yeah, I'll look. I'll look over these for you. Yeah. <laughs> and Peggy's just, like, drooling, basically. Yeah. Like, while she. 
I love it, man. I love that. Scene. I know, I know. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we have a juxtaposition of like, <laughs> of of these of the their interaction. Um, so so that scene happens. That's really fun. Um, can I offer but, a? Um, uh, can I offer a point of view? Yeah, okay. yeah. Go, go. Um, the reason why that scene works for me is because. Mm-hmm. Um, in this episode, Pete is uh, beaten down by everybody for doing a good thing. Like he's being a good husband um, or a good person even and just saying, I like doing things for my wife. You know, they yeah, got a cute. they got a chip and dip, uh, you know, which this is one of the most legendary plots in Mad Men. Um, the fact that they got two chip and dips and Pete has to keep explaining chip and dip to people. Uh, Hilarious. By the way, I want to give you a little tip about that chip and dip. Remember you said it was $22? Yeah. I checked the conversion twenty because when he mentions it was $22. Uh, they freak out. Yeah, they're like, holy shit. Like, I looked it up. You know how much that would have been now? Almost $200. Holy shit. I was like, holy shit. Like a $200... It's literally just holding. I mean, it's hard to kind of conceptualize like that type of thing because I guess it's like a new quote unquote product to charge 200 bucks for something like that is kind of wild. No, not even kind of wild. It's pretty wild, I guess, in our modern time anyway. Mm-hmm. But I guess it'd be no different than like maybe like a, a nice, um, uh, what do you call it? A nice, um, what's those, coffee, what's those uh, coffee machines called? Uh, Keurig? A nice Keurig, like a nice or Keurig, basically. Or an espresso, yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 an espresso or something. It'd be the equivalent of that, I guess. Um, so that was really interesting. I, I had to check to see, like, okay, $22, what's that looking like? So That's nuts. Uh, um, pretty interesting. But, so the women there at the store, when Pete is trying to return it to the place that the uh, the wedding gift was bought, um, mm-hmm. women, the women there are, like, they, they think it's nice that he's doing it. But they sort of deride the fact that he's there. <clears throat> when Pete says he doesn't know someone's name, they say that's because you're here at lunch. And um, he's basically being emasculated the whole episode. And by oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. at work, too. Like, Cooper shuts him down in the meeting in front of everyone. Um, <laughs> Those are my favorite scenes. We'll get into it. Well, that's, that's an important <laughs> line uh, in terms of Pete. But, um, it really is. So he's been beaten down and his masculinity has been questioned in this whole episode. And... Throughout the rest of the series, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that this is going to be a recurring theme for this character. He's not exactly a macho man, but um, Peggy barely knows him, and he knows she's infatuated with him or knows that she's into him. He can tell. And with her, he can create this fantasy, and they both are living out a fantasy in that moment, you know? Yeah, uh, it's it's clear. It's clear. And it's meant to be funny, you know, when, when Peggy is so turned on she's, and horny that she's she, so hot <laughs> she needs to go get a sandwich and the big the biggest cherry danish she can find so that's i love that scene and i think it's just like when two people have chemistry together and you know they you just can't explain it sometimes it's just awkward a bit <laughs> that it, scene is, is it, so is, awkward. it is awkward especially especially between between those two but um no you're right um it's very cute you know this episode um, was heavily themed right from the bat. I, you know, I wrote down childlike ways, and I wrote Betty, Pete, and then as I thought about it, I added Sterling to that list. Yes, 
All, all three of these characters in this episode carry a heavy bias towards childlike behaviors in their own ways. Um, Betty gets called out for it immediately from the therapist, which I thought was interesting. And then Don has that information and kind of throws it back, throws it at yeah. her. She, she doesn't know that that's what he heard. So it's not like Betty knows that he's like saying that like, because the doctor had mentioned something like that, he's kind of like viewing it now, like, oh yeah, she is child. Just look at her, like, it's, and um, yeah, go, go, go with the. This is not this is not Don's uh, shining moment, but no, no, I, it's just to use that information to even have that information as a betrayal of the marriage, but then to right. use it as a silver bullet sucks. So I, I just you know, thoughts. yeah, it's it's super obnoxious. You know what I liked about, because um, usually, you know, that's always kind of been my uh, my little annoyance with Betty is that she heavily leans in that childish style, um, as you'll see, as you guys will see later on. But this is kind of like the first episode where you kind of really see, can see it a little, a lot more, because I think this episode is just kind of based on that childlike energy, or I should say childish energy. Childlike is kind of more positive. Childish is kind of a little bit more negative in a yeah. sense. I guess you could view it in both ways, but that's how I like to view those two words. But she doesn't actually let him get off with that. She kind of teases him, teases him almost in a sense. Like he gets off that, like oh, I feel like I'm being with a child, or like he's trying to be aggressive with her, and she kind of is has this. It's so funny. It's actually really brilliant. I, I noticed this in toddlers, so it's very funny that she uh, that um, January Jones kind of nails the the attitude of a toddler in this way, which is like I'm telling you not to do something. You know that I'm aggravated by you doing something I don't want you to do, and you kind of have a smirk about it in a way, like almost not not even necessarily like a physical smirk, but almost like a what are you going to do about it type of attitude toward me telling you what I don't want from you. And I liked kind of her pushback to Don because like she doesn't really, Don is, you know, again, like not, he's kind of, Don's a little funny in this episode and he, I don't, he's not really out of character. It's just that you usually don't see him like being like, I guess, angry like that. At least we haven't seen him angry in that way or feel like super super uber disrespected and i guess he in this episode he, he kind of takes things far in that way but betty kind of almost stands up for herself in a in a weird young toddlerish style type of way and kind of doesn't let him get off with making her feel bad he don tries to do it a few times in the episode actually too <laughs> she makes the pot roast <laughs> don thinks he's slick and he's like i, ho- I hope you know it's just me you know, and then he walks off and she doesn't even say anything. She kind of just glares at him and like lets him like go off like on his little hissy fit and like, but she doesn't like break down. In earlier episodes, Betty, when Don kind of has some of these like passive aggressive transgressions towards her, she would kind of have like a low feel or a little bit of a head down or a little bit of a kind of a sad energy after she, after he hits her with that type of, you know, energy. And in this episode, she doesn't really, she doesn't actually let anyone get off with making her feel bad, which I thought was kind of fun. Character and development, I, yeah. I, yeah, as as I'm talking about her uh, her development in this episode, the parts that I don't like is actually starting to turn 
uh, on its head a little bit, starting to start to turn out to the parts that I'm actually starting to enjoy, Hmm. that she's not letting people kind of get her in a mood. Like, even at the grocery store, um, (laughs) when she gets gets confronted about the... um, the lock of hair that Glenn had. Yeah. <laughs> and the mom's like, what were you thinking? He's nine years old. I don't enjoy that she slapped her. I thought that was a really, that was a childish and like bad thing that she, I don't know why she thought she could just do that, but she's very emotional and not thinking. And she just did what she did. And when her, fr- when her friend Francine comes over there and they're like just chatting it, chatting up and dogging on Helen for no reason, no real reason anyway. She's very, um, she's very stubborn and and uh, flat, well, not flat footed, but it's kind of stuck in her decision making. She's like, I'm not really gonna think about it. It happened. It's whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, that was that was kind of her energy in this episode. So I don't love the childish acts, but I do like the fact that she wasn't gonna let other people's reaction to what she was doing kind of make her feel bad or like low or like less than you know what i mean yeah and that was a very kind of i noticed that a lot in kids sometimes like they kind of try to defy you a little bit to see to know that they can get away with certain things or try to individuate in a way even if even if it's against your will of like what you want them to do and um obviously that can be very annoying to deal with but you can admire the fact that they're trying to uh stand out or separate themselves in a way so sorry long diatribe oh no no need to apologize no um (laughs) it's a podcast uh i I do (laughs) i hope so yeah um i should certainly hope so Uh, (laughs) but i i do uh agree with you that uh it's interesting to see this side of betty um and you know it is character development and character development doesn't necessarily mean the character gets better um but True. i do think that she's developing more of a backbone and that could be from therapy and actually saying things that are on her mind um yeah but she's good be- point she's stunted something has happened the the yeah, interesting definitely. thing was uh when i first watched the show the uh psychiatrist or i don't know which one he is psychiatrist or psychologist so the I mean, psychologist the yeah. psychologist that she's talking to um and on first watch i thought of him as a quack and an awful person for uh mm-hmm. doing what he did with don um yeah i still think what he what he did is horrible and i'm not defending it but he seems to know a little bit of what he's talking about in this episode at least <laughs> so he may be yeah, a, he's, <laughs> he's done something he's not bad a fool. <laughs> right. not a total fool but the line I thought was interesting from Don that I think most people wouldn't notice uh, is him saying she wasn't always this way, um, which that is really mysterious. It's like, did she change or did the way Don sees her change? Or maybe she was smarter when he first met her or more mature or I don't know. You know, it's a it it paints a picture in my mind that's not fully defined. And it's kind of fun to think about what he meant by that. Um, I like that. I re- I like that because it shows that either Don is now paying deep attention to the ebb and flows, and he's noticing things like you know Don, and then maybe I'll go I'll go into that a little bit more in my um, <clears throat> father breakdown or um, dad breakdown, but um, him noticing that fact 
or at least trying to perceive that something has changed, shows that he is at least paying attention in at some level. Yeah. I don't know if it's a super deep level, but um, I guess to notice that does mean that you do have some type of attention on what's happening with your partner. You probably, you know, you should, you should, if you know, you're living with this person, you right. have kids with this person. So, uh, but I'll probably go deeper into that uh, later. Yeah. I had to bite my tongue on some of this because of uh, my segment is all about relationships and mental health. But um, yeah, before we go on to Sterling's gold, I do. Well, you know, I guess we could go into it in Sterling's gold. Let's, let's start that segment up. Yeah, for sure. Oh, by the way. Yeah. You didn't um, give your rating. rating for me. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no worries. Um, I had this at a solid three point five. Um, okay. So, uh, I thought I thought the episode was fun. Um, this episode a little bit less goes on, but there is a lot. There is some character development as far as um, as far as um, the the characters mentioned Betty, Pete, um, and Sterling. Um, so that was really enjoyable, and as we mentioned a little bit in the intro, the the long Don Con, which is basically him getting back at um, Sterling for what for Sterling pushing up on Betty when he was at dinner, <laughs> he pays off the elevator guy to uh, basically tell Sterling when they come back from this wild wild uh, lunch of drinking and eating a, a ton. Um, oysters to tell yeah oh yes thank you exactly um to uh to tell tell them that they have to walk upstairs so the funny part about that scene is when i first seen this when i first seen this episode and even the second uh second time watching it i didn't realize that he it was a it was a planned thing i literally was watching with my (laughs) wife the second time and i sat there and i was like holy shit i was like wait a minute did he just he just did. He paid the yeah. guy to do. I put the pieces together. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, "Wow, that, that's great. That, that was great." <laughs> I'm pretty sure I missed that on first watch as well. Um, I, I think fun. that I wonder how many people missed it. I think most of the people are so focused on Pete coming out with the rifle that they missed on talking to Hollis. Um, yeah, it's very subtle. It, it, I think it's meant to be. That's what's fun about watching the show. You kind of feel like you're in the show because the show doesn't always let you in on what's going on at all points in time. They would just show you glimpses of something and then you kind of have to put the pieces together sometimes. Um, and uh, a lot of times there is sometimes it's not as obvious as, as, as other things. And for that one, that was a fun little trick. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that. Well, and this is a case where you don't really know what happened until the end of the episode where Don walks away smiling. Um, Yay, smirks. It's very funny. <laughs> okay, but a 4.5 from me and a 3.5 from uh, MJ, as we call him. That's, that's a pretty good pretty good score. Um, yeah. All right. Well, with uh, our scores settled, I think we can move into Sterling's Gold. Nicely done. I didn't think you had it in you, and I mean that. So do you have any uh, picks for funniest line or moment from the episode, Jala? Because uh, it, it was hard I for me to figure lot. out one. Yeah. Oh, really? I, I just because there's so many that, there's so many yeah yeah i grabbed a few that i thought were pretty funny um i have two from sterling one from don sterling's quote was uh 
basically in the beginning of the episode or toward the beginning of the episode, uh, Cooper is telling uh, Sterling about not smoking. Kind of goes into this thing about Hitler and how he was tricked. He tricked uh, some guy into smoking because he put him in like a non-smoking hotel or something along the lines of that. And so after Sterling hears hears the story, he says, uh, "All I'm getting from the story is Hitler didn't smoke." Yeah, and he gives a smug smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, so it was that was pretty fun. It was it was that smoking it, it shows your weakness and that Hitler yes. he had them negotiate somewhere where they couldn't smoke and there were there was no smoking yeah. allowed. So they were they would have given them anything because they were so desperate for a, a light, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Which is which is a fun little like anecdote. Fun little um, history lesson. Indeed, indeed. Um another one from Sterling was um <laughs> when he's in the He's talking to Don, and Pete comes up, and he's like, "I actually don't remember what Pete says, but um, basically, Don go or uh, uh, Sterling goes, no, Don and I talk all the time when you're not around. In fact, we'll oh, do that right now. <laughs> yeah, that that whole scene. See, that's the thing, man. That whole scene, I forgot about that, but it has this whole like buzz of a real office, like and." Yes, it has this absolutely. energy. Everyone's just like on fire and Pete mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere like you would see in an office. And I don't know. There's just a really – that scene was really well directed. I, I really yeah, enjoyed yeah. that. Uh, no, the direction in this episode was really good. And, and the way that Pete hovers over Peggy and, you know, sort of is trying to be friendly, implies mm-hmm. Don's working her too hard, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. No, I loved that scene. And, and Pete, uh, when he offers to help her. Uh, and that was cute. Yeah, we're but this together. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're all right. This together. Fucking bullshit. My mom walked. <laughs> I know. I... My mom walked by when he said that, and she's like, "Oh yeah, right, Pete. Like you know, it's just so <laughs> fake. Uh, what's your game here?" But um, I know. it's no so Pete, weird because it's such on this on the surface, it is such a nice moment. But like you know, he's doing something. He's doing because something. you know Pete is very soul focused. Yes, and he's very. Selfish. Or should or, or should I say or should I say good night, Paul? <laughs> oh, yeah, good night, Paul. Yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> just dogs on him. <laughs> well, there was another. I think my pick for uh, Sterling's gold is just Pete's plot in this episode. He's just hilarious. Um, it is pretty funny. The scene, oh shit! The scene where he's in the department store. Uh, yes, is just a comedy of. <laughs> <laughs> miscommunication and error and he has to repeat the same things over and over and say what you will I about I said Pete. that already yeah you know uh it's like getting four of something <laughs> um i this whole episode uh, joe my brother and i could quote every line from pete uh what do you got your fingers in here is the chip and dip <laughs> <laughs> you know i love that uh, line too yeah where, where everyone just is like what the hell is that and and pete is actually like almost enchanted by this chip and dip he's really in love with it but he just he there's two of them they they should get something else but he loves the chip and dip don't get it wrong yeah uh, indeed <laughs> but uh you know she <laughs> she did ask him the second time if he had a receipt she was so distracted by hatherton or whatever his name was and uh, Pete is uh, just <laughs> I don't know he kept his cool I, w- I, I really was surprised that Pete didn't start getting apoplectic at a certain point um, hey, hey uh, Mike just so you, just so you know uh, Hatherton yeah. he's got the clap he's got the clap <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was great so spiteful and hateful little man, oh, uh, man. good times good but times. Uh, there's an edit of uh, you know you remember the rant that Pete did 
where he says, I have good ideas, uh, direct yeah, marketing, yeah. you know. Yep. Uh, <laughs> there's an edit of it where he tells Don, I have good ideas. It's a chip and dip. And he shows Don the chip and dip. <laughs> and it's he, he invented this chip and dip. And uh, the editor made it so that Don is having trouble sleeping because he keeps thinking about Pete showing him the chip and dip. And, uh, <laughs> you have to send me that clip. That it's, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, sorry, that's an ITPNT thing. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, for sure. For it's, sure. it's fantastic. But yeah. That's uh, fucking hilarious. Same price as a chip and dip, you know, when he has his rifle. <laughs> the famous rifle. Uh, see, this is why yeah. I love Pete. He is so human and so funny. And I, I just love seeing him get his ass kicked by life because... I've I've been in those situations where life is just kicking mm-hmm. my ass. I uh, yeah, I'm not as bad of a person as Pete, I think. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's for you I, to I decide. I wouldn't put you in the I wouldn't put you in the in the Pete box. But uh, but but I have my moments where I can be really frustrated and, and cranky. And uh, yeah, in those moments, if I like snap, I guarantee you that whatever I say is going to sound like a Pete Campbell line. Uh, <laughs> it's like Pete Campbell. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So Pete gets my pick for the whole episode. I think pretty much every line he says is a stitch. I do want to say, yep. There is there is a line that everyone makes fun of Pete for in the episode where he says okay. about John F. Kennedy. Uh, oh yes, thank you. you. Know, he he brings up that uh, no, someone brings up that uh, John F. Kennedy doesn't wear a hat, uh, and Pete says, "Do you know who else doesn't wear a hat?" Elvis. That's who we're dealing with here. That's what that's we're, who dealing we're dealing with. with. And <laughs> they they stare at him and act like he's a complete idiot. And it is a stupid line and phrased poorly. But he's kind of right about that. Yes. Like the mm-hmm. sex appeal, the young, the youth. Even though he's only four years younger than Nixon. Um, yep. So you know he was on the cusp of that one. It's interesting to see someone younger in there who sort of knows where the country's heading and uh, you know. Cooper is Co- cool. Cooper stings him. You, yeah. you remember he go, he goes. Um, sorry, okay, yeah. here's, here's what he says. He says, "Remind me to stop hiring young people." Uh, <laughs> is the quote. Cooper, you have no idea. You have no idea how I know, how it's, great Pete it's a is. Wrong turn. Um, yeah, it's, it's a wrong turn. It's a wrong ideology for a business. By the way, young people are who you need to hire. <laughs> no, I want my cantaloupe. <laughs> um, it's interesting though. Uh, you mentioned that this episode maybe is less essential or there's not much that happens, but I think this is the episode where we really get to know Roger as a character. If you, yeah, coming at it from like a longtime fan position as you and I do, it's, it's maybe less interesting, but like if it's the first watch through, this is really us getting to know Roger, like what makes him tick. And, uh, not just that he likes, uh, Joan, but that he has his own inner workings and his own, systems of defense uh which is humor he just uses humor yeah. as defense and uh absolutely but great yeah. point by the way thank you mm-hmm. i mean point. no i i can see i could see what you're saying you can see what i'm saying it's all groovy i follow you buddy I follow you. <laughs> <laughs> all right but yeah that's sterling's gold uh another one in the books can i give you one more sorry okay. sorry to jump okay on no it's uh, okay can, can i <laughs> can i give you one more don one more down line that i thought was that i did laugh out loud at okay um, he was, he was, uh, I think he was, he was drunk drinking with, uh, Sterling. This is during the lunch, the sabotage lunch, as I'm going to call it now. Yeah. Um, and I think he's talking about drinking milk or something. 
Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> that uh, line is good. <laughs> Don's like, drinking milk? I never liked it. I hate cows. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you bring that up. That's like an example where they're both, the liquor is almost like a truth serum. And they're both sort yep. of admitting stuff. Like, he, yep. Don is sort of admitting his farm background. And Roger is kind of admitting his thing with Joan. Because he likes yep. redheads. He keeps saying, I love redheads. I yeah. love redheads. Redheads are like, redheads. Uh, it's like a glass of milk with strawberry jam. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> something, it. Something like that's that. It. That's with line. a dollop yep, of strawberry jam. And, uh, yep. you know, and then he mentions he likes redheads with big breasts later. That's pretty cool. But he's sort of, yep. he's dropping <laughs> a few more hints that time. He's The truth serum's really working. And, oh, they, yeah. and they work here. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about man okay but yeah that's a good that's a good one that's a good one you know for sure, folks for sure. i'm gonna let you in on an insider baseball thing uh i uh me and jaw we talked about i get worried that we start to use the quotes from the show too much oh, that's right. <laughs> so, but then when we have a segment called sterling's call <laughs> and we're talking about the funniest moment from the episode. I'm realizing how are we going to do that without quoting the, our favorite lines. I'm just sure. I hope there's entertainment. funny, man. I hope there's it's entertainment funny. value in hearing us talk about our favorite lines from the show. <laughs> yeah, we may sure. have we may have misjudged our ability to read these lines. <laughs> <laughs> we still need to hear the famous dog. All right, here it is. You ready? All right, guys, ready so for So, this it? is the line that I never remembered which episode it's from, but I knew there was a moment. Uh, <laughs> when uh, they're talking about, their, they had the dinner, the successful dinner where, you know, Don should be happy that his uh, his boss came over and his wife was a good host. Played it up well. Host. Yeah, she did. Yeah, and, uh, but it, he's, he he knew something happened while he was in the garage. Like, he, he knows what suspicious looks like because that's his middle name with the uh oh, extramarital affair shit um but so he after the dinner ends uh <laughs> don is being accusatory of betty i'm so sorry for laughing i don't think the scene's funny but it's the fact that it's this line stuck in my head it's for a, years yeah <laughs> but he's 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 accusing betty of being too flirtatious with sterling and being um you know almost like uh, I don't want to use any of the words that are coming, like uh, flirty. Let's just say flirty. Yeah. Provocative. You, flirty. you know, yeah. leading him on a bit that something could happen. He's basically blaming yeah. Betty for what happened, you know. Um, right, right. This is sort of going into my segment, so I'll cut it off there. But um, <laughs> he tells her, he tells her, you made a fool of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> And the way he says it is that spiteful and that hateful. And it's just so... You're laughing at every joke you made? What the hell's wrong? With you? You're right. You know, that, that, I added the last part. But but you made a fool of yourself is something that I have remembered and said to my dogs on occasion. Uh, <laughs> making a fool of yourself. So, this episode... It's funny to say to an animal. Uh, yeah, it's, it's perfect. Cause they don't know what you're saying, but they're like, why are you using that scary deep voice? sir it's a weird voice yeah <laughs> but i kind of like it it's almost smooth no but um it's not a funny scene it's uh and it's sad to see but it's one of my favorite quotes from the show unfortunately <laughs> yeah it's definitely one of don's like you know how like an actor will have like quotes from shows or movies he said that that would be in that would be in his like little list of quotes like yeah. a little imdb quote line yeah <laughs> 
made a fool of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don, you are so flawed, <laughs> so flawed, <laughs> and I just can't help but like love you anyway. I was gonna say that's why this is why there's love there. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. If you love Don but hate Pete, why? That's my that's my hot take. But we'll you know let's save that for the Pete's Travaganza next week. We're yes. gonna do a special episode where we just talk about Pete. I uh, hope you guys love Pete. <laughs> <laughs> we have an exclusive Pete hating audience. All right. Well, speaking of my segment, because uh, we did mention that earlier, you can check the record. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's time. So come into my mental health nook and pied a terror. I, I have a lot to talk about in this episode. Um, and Jala, of course, you're always free to, you know, uh, pipe in, pipe up. For sure. Um but I think the saddest part of this episode is that, like, so obviously Don has every right to feel worried and concerned about what happened that, or what he thinks may have happened. And he is yeah. smart enough to read between the lines. And Betty doesn't deny that something was was weird. Um, she confirms that his drunk boss ruined the evening, you know? Um, right. But the sad part of this episode isn't just that Don is mean to, to Betty. Um, mm-hmm. and centers everything as being her fault and treats her like crap. But right. when I first watched this episode, I'm like, oh, cool. He, I was much younger, Jala. And I, I was like, oh, cool. He got revenge for what he did to his, for what Sterling did to his wife. This is a great yeah. moment. Um, yeah, yeah. As I'm older now, I can sort of see that it's all centered in macho shit. It's all centered in yeah. how, how this impacted Don. You know, right, right, and it goes without saying that his uh, transgression, taking the thing that the therapist told him and using it as a way to attack Betty and hurt her. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we we mentioned it earlier, but I think it's one of the worst moments in the show, like in terms of um, spousal mistreatment. Also, interesting. This is sort of a risky thing to say, but when Betty says. She implies, do you want to, like, smack me against the wall? Do you want to toss me around for a bit? Bounce me off the walls. That's right. That's the line. Mm -hmm. Um, That almost seems to imply that something like that has happened in the Draper house before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. uh, It's a weird. said it. It's a weird thing to say. And Don isn't, like, taken aback. Like, why would you say that? It's, it's, so. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's, like, inferring. Yeah. Inferring maybe something could have occurred who, and, and, who knows because that's not being seen but right and you know maybe i'm off but i think weiner is smart enough where he doesn't want to show something like that and potentially like glorify something as awful as spousal abuse or not glorify that's the wrong word but you know uh artify it for lack of a better word like i, I don't know uh but there's subtle hints that something's not totally right in this marriage in this episode you know subtle yeah. that it's not just it's not just what we've seen in the show but like something's wrong with betty <laughs> that's that's the thing is something's <laughs> deeply wrong and it's they've they've alluded to her mom dying really messing her up and mm-hmm. you know i just feel so bad for the character in this episode i think it's um they i think they put the helen bishop scene in there just to give betty a win i really do because Without that, it's like... Oh, with the slap? With the slap and Betty standing up for herself. And it's like she's doing things for the wrong reason. 
Um, but she is standing up for herself. And you know what? She doesn't crumble. Yeah. She doesn't crumble to Don. When he no, comes home that's what I like. and there's the pot roast, you know, she would have mm-hmm. had every right to say, you're, you know, oh, like you're bringing this up again. You know, she would have had every right to pack up and go to her mother's or, or I'm sorry, her mom yeah, died. Yeah. I'm not trying to be mean. Um, oh, her dad's. Yeah, well, that's just, yeah. <laughs> expression. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, Betty's like, why are you so mean to me? Um, but. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, it's like you should leave if things are bad, of course. But she was right. she was trying to be strong and she stood up for herself and she never like appeared weak or stu- she didn't stump to Don's. She didn't stoop to Don's level is what I liked. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed that, too. Even even with Don's uh, best efforts to yeah. make that happen. You, oh, know how, you know how it's a it's always a tug of war. It's a two way street. One person's trying to make the other person you know, react maybe by how they're reacting. And, and, um, it's always fun when you can, um, not, um, not appease them in the way that they want you to appease them in. Um, so I'll make, I'll make this one quick, but, um, Pete and Trudy. Um, so I think there was an episode where I said they were the most functional, uh, couple of mad men and yeah, Pete and Trudy. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? It's when they're being true to themselves that they're functional. But Pete got insecure from his buddies uh, teasing him and from the ladies in the department store and from the uh, friend of his. Which, by the way, I just got when I watched this episode, I just figured out why everyone was calling him humps, um, which, you know. Were they calling him humps? Yeah, they've, they've called him humps in two different episodes. And his buddy. Okay, I think I missed it. His buddy called him humps camel. And right. so Pete, oh. Pete Campbell, Pete Camel, pretty cool nickname. I got it. Okay, that's a great, that's a good catch. I I completely, I just, that was completely, I just wish that Pete would say to Don, please call me Humps. Don't. Want- <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have, you know what? If he had done that in episode one, they would have been friends. Yes. By the way, if Pete said that, knowing what we know now, uh, perfect character. Yeah. <laughs> call me Humps, Don. Oh, jeez. Um, but, but you know, he let outside pressure and outside insecure inside inner insecurity um, fuck with him, and because of that, he mm-hmm. made a decision that he knew in his heart wasn't the right thing to do, and yeah. he got uh, an earful from the misses. I'm sure you're uh, familiar with that, Jala. <laughs> uh, yeah, def- 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 <laughs> definitely not foreign. It's definitely not foreign. And that's no shots, but it's definitely not foreign. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, geez. <laughs> He's, he's crying. <laughs> he's crying. Oh shit! Sorry, sorry. Hey, 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 hey! You gotta keep that, keep that under wraps. <laughs> don't put this on TikTok. No. Don't use this for the TikTok clip of the week. Yeah, don't. <laughs> this is not for TikTok use. <laughs> I actually have a question for you. Sure. I was thinking about it, uh, watching this uh, for the for the for the second time in an older age. When she, when he's getting an earful, remember when he keeps saying that they got two. Right? Yeah. And they have a registry, and usually on a registry, you can't buy two of something. Oh. Right. He goes home, and Trudy freaks out. If they had two, why would she freak out? <laughs> I, be- I believed his lies. I, I fell, know. I, I fell for his I beautiful just eyes. I that. I fell for I his know. beautiful <laughs> eyes, and I believed his beautiful lies. <laughs> I just thought it. I was like, holy shit. 
This I was sucks. like, why would she freaking out if they had two? And I was like, oh, he just doesn't want the thing. And he wants to get something cooler than that. And he's just not honest with himself. Hmm. And he just keeps playing this whole role. Like, no, we got two. We got two. And that's why, like, there's this weird confusion when he's at the store. And she's like, yeah, I don't see, you know, I don't see. And then she's like, you can't get two if it was unregistered. And he's like, no, we did. We got two. Um, yeah. Damn it. What do you What do you think of that? It's weird, right? Doesn't make me a, a, a worse person, though. It, it just kind of adds to the whole childishness I thing. I think it makes him a little worse. <laughs> I'm, he's I'm, got a couple of notches down. I think, yeah, if he's at like a... Well, anyway, I don't even want... I'm a little, I'm yeah. a little thunderstruck right now, but um, <laughs> I, know, I, I dropped a bomb. Well, it wasn't even meant. To, <laughs> I'm trying to, bombish, I'm but. trying to think of like, why would he like? Uh, <laughs> let me think here. <laughs> I'm trying to choose my words carefully. <laughs> why is he like announcing to everyone that they got two? I know, and I know. I guess he's saying he likes <clears throat> to do stuff for her. I, I do think she's mad that he did with the money as he pleased because it was it was a wedding gift. It was for both of them, and uh, yeah, she did say that was a gift from so and so, and this is supposed to be yeah. about us. So this I think for both of us, I think it's more about him acting recklessly. But you really scared me. <clears throat> Holy shit! The idea that he's... I mean, it, it 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 could be played both ways. He could be very. I mean, I don't put it past Pete to be diabolical. I I don't but, think he's um, um I don't think he's a bald faced liar. I think he's a cheater. I know, that's the thing, right? Yeah, he, right. But that's he's like thing. telling everyone, like, we got two of it. And he seems gen. I think, it, but then you're right. He does say, oh, it's under, why would you put it under the wife's name? Right. And he's a little. Right. And the, and the lady's saying that if it was in the registry, you couldn't, you can't, you couldn't have gotten two. But he had and a he reason for that, say, right? We, no, he just, he just says. Well, well we got two. N- not from what I, yeah, he's like, well, we got two. That's all he says. Well, we got two. Um, uh, I'm not lying, by the way. Yeah, the lie. Right, exactly. <laughs> the lying. It's very. It's I wish there was a line where they made that. it. They should have made it clearer that he's lying. If he was, <laughs> I know. But this episode is so weird because there's. If that's the case, there's two. There's two type of things that happen in this episode where you can't. It's hard to tell what's going on. Yeah. Because they don't let you in. The Don Long Con, and maybe this mysterious Pete. And the two chipping dip. Well, I I have a mind blowing reveal for you that I wasn't going to bring up, but um, I noticed this goof when I was watching the episode. So okay. they they do this kind of goofy shot where Pete is playing with his little rifle and he's he's mm-hmm. aiming it around the whole office. Um, yeah, and then it stops at his secretary, and the gun yep. is aiming right at her. You'll notice that yep. it's a Pete's eye view. Then the yep. next shot, she's at his side. And the gun is pointed away from her, but he's still staring down it. And it's literally the same split second that that camera angle changes. A L- little bit of an oversight. It's, uh, yeah, it's a bit lazy. She could have sidestepped him. I don't think so. She would have had to have <laughs> no, Ultra Instinct or Megate no Gokui, as uh, it's exactly. known in Japan. Well done. Very fancy. I respect that. Thank you. Um, we'll have to talk about the new <laughs> Dragon Ball Super movie after this, but... um. I, I haven't <laughs> yeah. seen it. It's in Japan. I didn't catch a flight. But um, yeah, I, I would say I think I've covered it, y'all. I think that's my my stuff is that people aren't being true to themselves in this episode. They're uh, yeah, they're breaking trust and they are um, being insecure and they're letting it really hurt their relationships. And Don 
doing what he did in this episode. I don't know why I'm so entertained by the episode and I had fun with it because it's like, I think when I first watched this episode, going back to the carousel a bit, um, I remember hating Don in this episode. And this is something Mm -hmm. that happened during my first watch of Mad Men in college. Mm -hmm. I kind of thought of Don as a villain. Ah, like the first time you saw it. Yeah, first time I saw it. I kind of thought of him as a villain. I didn't like him until season two. Okay. Uh, and that's going to be very oh, interesting. interesting that's as interesting. We, we get into uh, the last few episodes of season one. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I think <laughs> I think um, Don, he, he fluctuates. He's a hell of an anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan, though. Big fan. <laughs> big fan. Oh, listen, I'd get his autograph if I saw him out in public, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and then I'd say, uh, it's a terrible autograph. What the hell were you thinking? You made a fool of yourself signing this for me. Just kidding around. Um, but yeah, no, uh, just a really sad relationship episode. And in terms of mental health, um, you know, uh, Betty is becoming more self-confident, but she is still a very dysfunctional and um, immature person. And uh yeah. Will she get better? I don't. I don't know. She's a very tragic character so far in what we've seen. So I, I would love to see her flourish and be a happier person. And but yeah, I think uh, that was a that was a beautiful mental health nook that we entered into. Um, definitely enjoyed that. Thank you. That was my pied is here. Beautiful, beautiful. Now is it time for a break? It is. It's time for what I like to call, and you like to call it as well, uh, dad break. Dad break time. Dad break. I, I don't know why. I had a feeling you were going to go into baseline and you did it. It was perfect. We're simpatico, <laughs> my friend. We are, sim- we are simpatico that way. Well, this dad break. Uh, one smaller piece and one bigger piece. Not sure which one's going to be the big or small, but um, I know we were talking about previously. Uh, episode um we were talking music and you had mentioned the seasons album by weezer sznz sznz for people looking it up on spotify or whatever streaming service you listen to um i i i uh was able to sit down and uh listen to to the album and uh was pleasantly surprised with it all right um yeah i, re- I really liked it I, you know the my favorite thing about it is that it's a really easy listen. Really, sm- it's real. It's um, it's really smooth, and I really like. I don't know if it's just me, and maybe I'm out of the loop of Rivers Cuomo and how his voice sounds from back in the day to now. He sounds very youthful on this album. Is that weird to say? No, it's not. No, um, he. Okay, so I'm on. I'm on. I'm on track. Okay, good. Yeah, I would actually say that on track one, opening night, he almost sounds a little too earnest and youthful. Um. That's the only. Yeah. <laughs> that's I love that song, but that opening part uh, where he's like, uh, "One night out under the stars, one night out <laughs> under the stars." It's a little Tommy Pickles for me, but uh, other other than that, I'm right there with you <clears throat> with the vocals yeah, on there. They're very, you know, it's they're warm sounding and they don't mm-hmm. they don't feel very labored. But there's some great backup vocals when you when you listen with good headphones, which. Uh, yeah, that's not exactly a victory, but when you listen with good headphones, you can hear some really awesome production stuff on this album. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I as a side note, I, I suggest people, uh, music music fans, uh, 
definitely invest in some some nice sounding headphones to really For hear sure. full detail um, of, of uh, albums. There's my uh, snooty snooty music nerd comment. Um, <laughs> but for this album, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Also, a trend that I want to continue to see: shorter, concise albums. I love a short, concise, more cohesive sounding album. That's another thing I liked about the Seasons album. It was very cohesive. You can really just kind of play it from top to bottom to me, I feel. And it has a very um, easygoing uh, sound signature throughout the throughout the whole album. Uh, <clears throat> what do uh, you think about that? Well, it isn't a, not to correct you necessarily because I think they use the terminology a little loose, but it is a... Uh, EP. So I think EPs are like under 25 minutes or something naturally, but okay. But it's yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be in an EP. But um <clears throat> it's going to be four of these types of lengths. So spring, summer, fall, winter, and then they're all going to form together one cohesive work is the goal. Uh so Ooh, you know that's going to be nice. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful for it. I'm hopeful. Uh you know I, I bought the CD um, just to support the band because the the vinyl isn't going to be available until uh, March 2023, I think, or February 2023. So I'm like, yeah, I want to I want to support them, but I also like want to not wait until February. So I'm going to get the <laughs> if all four seasons are good, I'll get the um, the box set they're going to do with all four vinyl and just okay. You know, oh, that. By the way, if they can pull off all four EPs being solid and also the special effect of having a, a very cohesive seasons pack, that's probably going to be. I don't think I've seen that done. I, I, if they I can swear pull it I off, don't yeah. think I've seen that done. It would be. Well, I'm glad you listened to it. I mean, you know, I, I really enjoy how warm the whole thing sounds. And they, like, I think mm-hmm. I mentioned it last week. It feels springish. Yeah. They recorded to tape. There's lots of acoustic guitars, but there's other instruments you wouldn't typically hear on a Weezer joint. So. Yeah. 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 I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I really liked it. But it, well, that's good. Uh, it, it still sounds like Weezer, though. Like, you put on a random 30 second snippet from anywhere on that album, and it's like, you know, it surprised me how it just sounded like them, you know? When I first heard of when I first heard of the project, I'm like, oh, oh, great! This one's going to be acoustic. This one's going to be chunky guitars. This one's going to be dance or mm-hmm. whatever. But mm-hmm. I feel a lot more confident that like it may have those elements, but it will also still feel like them, and that's a really cool thing. So uh, that's all. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm with you on that. One last nerdy thing about this uh, this uh, four this four piece that they're going to deliver. Are you excited? for a specific season sound so in my head i feel like winter could be really dope so they uh they sort of buried the lead and they said what each one is going to sound like ahead of time uh oh okay so i'm not sure Sure. i'm not sure how i feel about that you know i like surprises personally Mm -hmm. um yeah but for winter, he uh, Rivers says it's going to be like Elliot Smith style songwriter. So like, okay, a, a, him and an acoustic guitar and a microphone could be one song, like that intimate. Okay, so it could be okay. really good. Um, okay, if the okay. songs show up to play, which um, I've heard rumors that each season gets better. Uh, that's the rumor, you know. But that's like the type of thing a hardcore fan would spread as a rumor. 
Um, right. But yeah, man, I don't know. It's a, it's a good time to be a music listener. There's lots of great music coming out now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> as far as the season talk, my last other piece um, was, I know I had mentioned previously that uh, we were talking about Michael Jackson songs and things of that nature. I remember I mentioned to you <clears throat> about the Jackson 5 like TV movie doc or whatever yes, you want to call it. Yes, I remember, yeah. And uh, I found it on YouTube. Okay. And... Um, <laughs> I just hit play. I just hit play on it, and uh, I just been kind of watching it like randomly, periodically. Oh, I thought you it's meant while we were very... recording. <laughs> I've been I've been watching it while we've been recording, and you know, yeah. Michael in my ear singing <laughs> and running away from his dad. It's just a very and then Michael <laughs> in my other ear saying, "Jala, hello, <laughs> are, you, are you there? You seem are distracted. You there are you okay? You're right. What's going on?" No, throughout for the past like week or so, um, I've been watching like bits and pieces of it. Just when I couldn't think of something to watch on YouTube or whatever, and I was kind of like, I was like, yeah, I'll just turn this on, and uh, it still holds up, man. It's it, it, I'm surprised it still holds up, but it does. Anybody looking for it um, on YouTube, I believe the movie is called the The Jacksons, an American Dream. It's a television docu-series about the Jacksons. And surprisingly enough, the uh, it starts out heavily with uh, with uh, Michael's parents, Joe Jackson, and um, I'm like blanking on his mom's name. Um, but uh, it starts out with them like and how they met when they were young and then them getting married and like, and then them starting a family. So it's literally about the Jacksons. Michael's obviously a big part of the Jackson five, but he, in this, in this TV series is really more about the family. And then Michael kind of starts to step into the limelight as he becomes a bigger piece of the family puzzle and how he, how, how special his voice is when he's a kid and, um, becomes the lead vocalist of the, of the, of the, uh, of his uh, family band, basically, or his family group, and um, it's it's really great. And the kid playing Michael, not when Michael's a little little kid, but when he's like in the Jackson Five officially, kind of. Um, give me a second to find his name. I found some fun facts about him. And I've seen him in a few. He's been on. He's been acting. He's a he's an actor, but he's also a really great vocalist. Um, He's on the Smart Guy TV show from the 90s. Um, but the, the 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 fun fact that I learned about him is that he's actually the singing voice of Simba in The Lion King as a kid. Oh, cool. Yeah, the guy's the kid well the, he's a man now. The the guy's voice is is incredible, especially when he was um younger like um and he he's actually getting royalties off of it. So there was a fun there was a fun fact where they were gonna just pay him a straight fee of like uh, basically two million dollars to do the soundtrack singing part, and then no royalties. And I guess his mom told the record company no, and that they wanted to get in on the royalty aspect of it, hmm. which is a super smart business move. Yeah. And so instead, he got a hundred k for the role up front 
but receives royalties on the back end. So anytime it's being used or anytime his voice is being played from the original 90s uh, Lion King movie, he gets residual checks from that. So he's been doing pretty well. And he's obviously outpassed his $2 million only offer from the from the original. That's kind of like a music... Um, it's one of those music things uh, as far as contracts are concerned. People usually take the heavy money up front yep. and sometimes forget to work, forget to uh, think about their future mm-hmm. as far as royalties are concerned, masters and things of that nature. So um, great vocalist. I'm pretty sure he sings mostly in the, in the show. Like, so it's not like pre, it's not all really pre-recorded. It's like this guy's singing voice uh, imitating Michael. It's really good. Cool. Um, I, so yeah, suggest anybody check it out. Sweet. I've, uh, <clears throat> I've seen a bit of it. Uh, when I was younger, and I remember it being very affecting, especially Michael hiding under the bed at one point. So, yep, yeah. that's a very um, it's funny because yeah, I remember that scene too. Um, watching it now, I mean, obviously it's, it's a it's a dramatization, um, but I mean, uh, especially the time period, you know, uh, I don't. It's not out of place, sadly. Uh, yeah. It, it's not it's not an out of place thing, but you know you know Joe Jackson was um, <laughs> the actor that plays him. I love I love uh, I love his acting. He's very uh, very stern stern performance, um, but it's really good. It's 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 really good. And uh, obviously, shout out to Angela Bassett playing the uh, the mother. Um, I don't know why I'm I gotta pull up her name, and now we're just gonna leave it there. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I forgot right? your I name. <laughs> Michael Jackson's mother's name is uh, Catherine. That was a long search, but it's Catherine Jackson, um, which was played by uh, by uh, the the prolific uh, Angela Bassett. So definitely check it out if you're a fan of Michael's music or just the Jackson Five in general, or just like a fun '90s. Dramatization. It's it's a pretty fun watch. Okay, um, it's a few hours, but yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, That's that, a good that, idea. That is my dad break. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, and I don't know if we ever like explain what dad break is in these episodes, but uh, it's a break from Mad Men for a bit for Jala and me to talk about whatever. Shoot the shizzle. Uh, sorry. Yeah, shoot the it's sh- a pit stop. Shoot the shit, not the shizzle. I'll never say that again. I can't. I like the shizzle. I mean, it's a, it's a throwback. All Snoop right. Dogg throwback. <laughs> hey, Snoop, Snoop Dogg did a great job at the uh, halftime show. What can I say? I'm just inspired by him now. Oh, yeah. That's, Snoop, is, like, Snoop is Snoop and will always be Snoop, right? I do want to say, not to go back to the dad break, but just to... Yeah. I think, I think for creative people, especially when they're in like a creative height, creative prime, when, you, when they get offered the like money up front i think they're mm-hmm. they're living more in the moment and focused on the like right ABC. now yeah and and they're not they're not worrying about their future because like what they're going through right now is so inspiring and they're so jazzed and i think that's a common occurrence with uh, with creative people is uh uh you know a tendency to take the money you know right away as opposed to doing something that's more uh beneficial for their future i don't know just yeah, a, just a yeah, for sure. No, it, it's very true. I, it's easy to catch people, especially like on the rise, um, with the with the heavy bag with the heavy bag up front, because um, mm-hmm. you know a lot of people are not thinking about the 
when I'm th- when I'm forty, when I'm fifty, when I have kids, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah. So. Speaking of, let's hear it. Let, I think we're going to get into the Jala's fatherhood uh, corners next. That's right. This one, not so heavily um, family based, aside from like we mentioned already, the uh, Don and Betty uh, back and forth. Um, I don't want to go into this too much because I think we've already broken down quite a bit of it, but um, I like the fact that Don, from the perspective of being worried about his wife, is kind of keying into some changes that she's having within the relationship. I think that shows some inkling of caring, or at least noticing changes. Um, so I, I like that about uh, I like that for Don for this episode. Um, but aside from that, it's really a lot of negative energy and a lot of, you know, a lot of almost spinning in your face in a way, um, which isn't, which isn't, isn't becoming, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's, it's, it doesn't, doesn't work in a relationship aspect, trying to get a rise out of your partner, like an actual rise, like, not like to be fun and like joke around, but to like being serious about that and trying to get them to, you know, I guess put them down. Not, not a good move. And I just think that if you're trying to build upon a healthy relationship, um, as a family, it's, it's a unit, it's, it's you and the wife and, and then they have kids. You kind of have to be on the same page and also be willing to step in when, you know, when, um, partner is maybe in a lower lower position and and if betty is in this space where she seems to be devolving in a sense maybe given the therapist and 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 don's feeling of it then instead of trying to chop them down you should be trying to help build them up in a way and um that doesn't really happen um and it's interesting that we don't really see the kids in this episode too it's really about the husband and wife dynamic so yeah um, but yeah, you know, we, we've kind of broken down their, their little, their little spats and sour pusses and things like that during this episode, but that's really the, 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 the last piece I have for, uh, for Don in, in my fatherhood corner. Okay. Build up your, your spouse. Don't tear them down. I agree. I agree. He, he leaves Betty alone to deal with the fallout of their arguments and, and everything that's gone on, you know, and and the Roger situation. I mean, it's it's about her, you know, like the the boss creepily coming on to her and you know physically molesting her. You know, it's it should be about her, <laughs> but instead, yeah. it's it's how could you do this? You like led him to do this by being so charmed by his stories, blah blah blah, and. Right. Yeah, it's so Don. It's a, it's a it's an insecurity. Yeah, it's, it's totally it's insecurity. insecurity. That's the thing, and and you know, you know, what's funny about about that scene when they when she's a kind of feeding into um, feeding into um, uh, Sterling's stories is, I bet Petty or sorry, I, I I bet Betty was thinking or maybe not even thinking. She enjoyed Sterling's stories so much because Sterling, unlike. Don speaks a lot about himself, uh, not himself in a negative way, but speaks a lot about himself as a person and his past, which is the antithesis of what Don is. 
he locks everything away, and now she has another man in the house who's not afraid to tell stories, is not afraid to dig deep into things that may be like uncomfortable for him to speak about. Um, he's very free, free communicatively. They can have a, a nice back and forth without feeling like she's being, you know, demeaned or like put down or whatever the case. It's a different energy. And Don actually, I think, notices this while it's happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the subtext of it where it's like he's actually speaking and Don isn't, but more so that she's just involved in this conversation and Don, you know, obviously doesn't like it. So it it, it shows Don's flaw in that way from a communication standpoint and and i think he's just sour about it honestly so well i think it's interesting that this episode is the one where betty tells francine that she likes being looked at uh betty talks about how her therapist she may have caught her therapist looking down her neckline and betty says unprompted like she seems to genuinely think so i i think that if men are looking at me in this way that means i'm earning my keep and um Right. That this happened the same episode where Roger made an advance on her and made a move on her. It's like, oh, maybe Betty doesn't have anything to feel bad about in her mind that this happened. Yeah. And that's why Don's words yeah, aren't sure. hurting her. Because it's like, well, I, you know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a young, hot thing and <laughs> I'm earning my mm-hmm. keep. You know, I'm your wife and I look good. This, so this is what happens. Yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? Yeah. You know, I'm supposed to be charming. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I also think there's something to be said. Um that I think Roger like is talking to her like a real person and is being friendly and warm. Um, yeah. And I don't think that he had ulterior motives except that he was, um, you know, sad drunk. about, he was drunk, but he was also sad about Joan. That's the thing. This episode sets up that, that Roger is extremely lone, lonely. Um, his wife and daughter are out of town and Joan stood him up or rejected his advances or said she couldn't do it, you know? Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. he's sad, you know, and he's practically begging Don to uh, make plans <laughs> with, him. with him. And then because of his yeah. sad sack uh, ways, Don has to bring him home to dinner. So, I, you know, in, yeah. in his apology for it, Roger does seem to think he messed up and he parked yeah. in another man's uh, spot or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like driveway or whatever. I, I do think also we didn't cover this, but. The scene where they're having the meeting about Nixon, you, you sort of wonder what the camera is trying to convey with it showing it keeps going back and forth to Roger and then to Don. I don't know if you noticed that. I think Yeah. I think they're trying to convey that Don sees how like charming and uh uh smooth, for lack of a better term, uh mm-hmm. Roger is in that meeting. And because Don looks nervous. It's weird. He looks kinda like, oh man, this guy is pretty cool and he is really clever and stuff. And uh Don at one point Roger winks at him when he says, We don't want a greasy uh youngster with their finger on the button or something. He winks at Don when he says that and then the camera shows Don looking scared. Uh <laughs> it's almost like a shot at Don, right? Or like a shot at I think like it's like a shot at Pete you know, th- more than Don. Cause the- it's it's definitely a shot at Pete, but yeah. like yeah, it, it it is a direct shot at Pete. It it's um, it's funny how the like Don and uh, Sterling kind of have this weird um, I don't know. It's um, uh, jockeying for position or something. You know what I mean? Well, they they it's have a weird jockeying position. They've talked about Pete before in a, in a previous episode, so that's one of their things that they can joke about and 
Paul. You know, he calls him Paul. So in this episode, I think he's just going back to saying things to make fun of Pete. And he's winking at Don because yeah. of their inside thing, you know. But Right, uh, right. That's true. Don is in his head and in his feelings. and um, Yeah, definitely in his feelings. But the, the moment at the end, it's not about getting revenge. It's not about making Betty... Uh, taking Betty's honor back, which of course that's ridiculous and it's a sexist notion, but mm-hmm. it's about changing the power dynamics in their relationship. And at right. the end of the at the end of the episode, Don has won and their dynamic yep. has changed. I don't know if it's yep. changed forever, well but Don is happy because Roger knows that he he can't fuck with him. You know. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and, that, that, <laughs> and and Roger's face. That, that, was, that was a whole fight. Roger's face, when he says he's okay and he's fine, his face is like, you fucking bastard. He, he's staring yeah, at Don I like, know, oh, I you know. fucking <laughs> bastard. Why did you do this? How could you do this to me? Like, And Don, right. I think Roger usually gets away with stuff like this by being charming and giving them a bottle of wine, but not this time. Not with no, Don. No, Don wasn't having it, yo. No. Don, Don wasn't Don having it. He's like, I'm going to get your ass. And mm-hmm. that's where it's like hard to not say it was a fun episode to watch because it's like, oh, he got him. You did. You did. You did. It, it was It was cute. Um, but um, yeah, it's enjoyable, man. Yeah. Enjoyable episode. Um, I think uh, we have to hit the Mod Men. For the, for the final segment of the show, it's time for Mod Men where we relate the episode back to modern times. Um, I guess it's the elephants in the room. Um, we're in a time where we're talking about mass shootings a lot and seeing Pete walk into the office with a rifle, uh, people are weirded out and freaked out, but he, (laughs) he gets to stay there and, uh, nobody gets security. Uh, and it's kind of like whatever, like, Oh, that 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 white guy is really fucking mad. It looks like, and he's holding a gun. But nobody thinks he would actually shoot someone in an office, uh, right? Even when he's pointing it in the office, out through the it's the, a, the cast it, of people, it's horrible. I, I it is. That's I think that's a scene that like I'm just not sure it it works. I I think it's a little too ridiculous. Maybe maybe there's newsreel footage of someone doing that in an office, and I'll be proven wrong, but. Sometimes there's moments in the show where it, it feels like a TV show as opposed to, like, the time mm-hmm. period it's supposed to be portraying. I don't think yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's my, it insists upon itself to quote Peter Griffin from Family Guy, uh, mm-hmm. where it's like, look at how crazy things could have been back then. Uh, <laughs> or like the, the spaceman right. thing with the plastic and, and there's those little scenes, you know, it reminded me of that. Yeah. It's not a bad scene by any means, but I'm like, okay, I, I, I see what you're doing with the first person angle and it's so freaky yeah. that he is pointing a gun and he points it at Kenny Cosgrove too. Uh, he does. It's a BB gun, right? It's a rifle. It's a, oh, it's, shit. A, it's a yeah. real rifle it's, as far as I know. Oh, that that's, that's even more dangerous. Yeah, the trigger uh, safety is not good. He needs to take a gun class uh, or go to a gun range. No, he would never do that. Um, right. No, uh, probably not. But but anyway, uh, for me, it's just interesting to watch this now with uh, the conversation we're having culturally and about uh, guns in America. And uh, yeah, we don't Russian have to go too much beyond that, but... Uh, that was the main thing that made me like step out of the episode for a second and go, oh wow, like this is 
It's weird, right? It's weird. It's super weird. <laughs> it is weird. Um, what about you? Did you have any... To say the least. Yeah. Did you have any mod <laughs> moments? Um, You know, for this episode, not... I, I don't believe anything that really popped up that I could think about that I could harken back to. Um, aside from uh, something that I've already brought up previously, which is um, when uh, Betty and... Um, when when Betty and uh, her friend uh, Francine are kind of piling on on Helen, oh yeah, yeah, they they just bring up the fact that like they try to denigrate her for things that is very uh, forward thinking and call her uh, like pathetic. Yeah, they're like they're like oh yeah, you know. I'm, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure we've all kind of been thinking about giving her a good poke and like, you know, with her, with her long walks. There's a literal quote with her long walks they hate and her that. pathetic, her, 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 they hate the walks and her pathetic job. That was like, wow. she's so, she quote unquote, she's so selfish, <laughs> which is like, which is, which is insane, by the way. It's, it's an horrible. insane thing to say. Francine, yeah, so, Francine's in my like bottom five characters, I think, for Mad Men. <laughs> I know she's she's a little bit of she's she's a bit painful to listen to, but in, in a sense that she's just um, you know what you know it's funny she's uh, very rooted in she to me probably feels the most in the time I think, yeah. and maybe that's a maybe that's a wrong view. Maybe that's not then maybe that's not exactly how. It was for them, but she does feel very authentic to the space, um, and which is probably why she rubs uh, rubs us the wrong way, yeah. uh, because of the viewpoints are so uh, so dated in that in that way. So aside from that, though, um, no, nothing else for the for for the modmen for me, but uh, a, a fun a fun episode in the sense that we get to see shades of characters in ways that we probably didn't get to see them um previously so that's that's been nice well it's going to be interesting to see what the the ratings continue to be it was cool to have a different rating uh for both of us this time and yeah for sure fun fact um you know francine talks about her husband going to um helen's jewelry store and she nearly threw the bag at him or some shit like that you know um yeah Helen's husband, I'm so sorry, Francine's husband, uh, mm-hmm. he hit on Helen uh, at that party in, in Marriage of Figaro in episode three. He made the weird attempt to be close to her um, and said, oh, yeah, if you need a father figure, that's right. And Helen called him on it. But it's a nice little background story that this piece of shit creep is now bothering her at work and is looking for an excuse to talk to helen still after that good good connection piece i actually didn't put those two together it's a little there's that young guys is a is a francis francis husband that's a he looks young anyway to me yeah well uh, i barely caught it but um he does say i don't want you telling francine about this in that episode he does and yep there's one other catch there's one other moment where um he uh no francine brings up to the the guy's name i think or something um yeah but but yeah no they're together they're together that's him and uh good catch (laughs) thank you so it's cool to know that even after that horrible awkwardness and she rejected him completely he's still visiting her and uh 
I don't know. I, 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 there's a background story in my mind where she like tells him to go fuck himself and. Oh, I'm sure. Hopefully, I'm punches sure. him in the face. I'm sure, but uh, it does sound very Helenish. It does. So. It does. Um, and yeah, I do agree with Helen completely. By the way, in the supermarket scene, just so we are, we're all clear. Yeah, you know? same here. Same here. I mean, <laughs> her this facial is, this acting is, is phenomenal. Of... By the way, her face. Oh, she's she's like she's equal parts mortified, disgusted, sad. Like, ugh, just and embarrassed. Yes. And and she was just looking around like, Betty. did anybody see that? You're just gonna. She was just gonna ignore <laughs> Betty, but instead she has to talk to this lost soul. Anyway, my point is, is Helen is an interesting character in Mad Men, and um, she is. It was an interesting time we had Jala. Uh, you know, thank you so much for uh, making the time in between the Jackson. Oh yeah, uh, watching you're doing right now. <laughs> if you guys hear any like sounds of people celebrating or or anything, it's not coming from my next door neighbors it's actually from uh the jacksons uh. yeah i'm still i'm still playing i'm still playing it in the background and that's canon so that's much. canon now now <laughs> anyone who complains about that it's like oh it's jala okay <laughs> it's the jack it's the jacksons it's still in the background <laughs> all right folks H- have i painted myself into a corner <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, no, no you're good all right folks um we will catch you next week with another episode of the uh madison men And uh, until next time, you know what they say, the medium is the message. Adios. Peace. This has been a Destiny Park Media production. If you like the show, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more content, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We're going to be posting video clips of your favorite podcasts, as well as glimpses at new music. And hey, drop us a line or send any questions you might have to destinyparkmedia at gmail.com.